Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, with your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Now let's join the conversation. Very happy to be with you folks for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable with Roger and Neil and John and myself, Bob. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, Bob. Good. Bob, Good how are you? I'm doing just lovely, thank you. This week, we're going to talk about Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, who is running for governor of California. And as Christians, how do we process all of this? We're going to be discussing everything from the biblical way of looking at transgenderism in general. As Christians, how should we respond to transgenders? Uh, How should Christians respond to somebody like Caitlyn Jenner? Uh, What if the policies are accurate uh, in many areas that Caitlyn Jenner wants to propose for many Republicans and conservatives and Christians. Uh, does the transgenderism issue matter and how much should it matter? And, well, what about Donald Trump? You know, Christians supported Donald Trump, and Donald Trump had certainly personal life issues, but we focused more on the policies. Does that same principle apply to Caitlyn Jenner? And if so, why so? If not, why not? So there's a lot of different things for us to unpack. And guys, I guess the first place I'd like to start with this is the issue of Caitlin's name and then the issue of uh, defining, if you will, the gender, gender pronouns. And so I just kind of want to throw out on the table first how I have tended to view this. And I'd love to go around the the table then and get everybody else's take on this. Uh, My view is this, that I don't have a problem calling Bruce Jenner Caitlyn Jenner because uh, Bruce Jenner did legally change his name to Caitlyn. And so therefore, if that is his legal name, uh, there's nothing dishonest by my – there's no false information by my saying the person's name. Hollywood celebrities do this all the time. They change their name to something different and we call them by the name. John Wayne was not John Wayne's real name. It was Michael – Marion Morrison or something like that. Uh, But we don't have a problem calling him John Wayne. And in the same way, I don't have a problem if Bruce Jenner changes his name to Caitlin. Say, okay, well, he changed his name to Caitlin. It's Caitlin. Uh, That to me is different than the gender pronoun. I watched Sean Hannity interviewing Caitlin Jenner a few nights ago. I know we all did. And Sean Hannity kind of caved in to the okay calling him she and her and whatever. Well, I can't bring myself to do that, not because I'm trying to be mean-spirited or anything like that, but the bottom line is that Caitlyn Jenner is in fact a man. This is a man who thinks of himself as a woman, but he's not a woman. This is a man. He's got a Y chromosome. Uh, It doesn't matter how much makeup he wears, what kind of female clothing he wears, how he does his hair, and even what surgical procedures he may have had. The bottom line is at the end of the day, he's nothing more than a severely mutilated man And for me to say she or her, it seems to me that that would be not only declaring something that's not true, but feeding that that perception that gender is really determined by your feelings and your thoughts. And I don't want to feed and perpetuate that belief. And so for that reason, I choose to say he regarding Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, There are those that would consider that hateful and disrespectful and rude and mean-spirited and unnecessarily provocative and whatever. And so, okay, let's talk about it a little bit. 
let's go around the table if we could. And uh, I'll tell you what, John, let's start with you maybe if we could. John Rush, Rush to Reason, sure. Denver, Colorado. Uh, John, your take first of all, on Caitlin or Bruce, and then he or she? Growing up, you know, back in that era and watching the Olympics and doing all the things that we did as kids and the Wheaties box and so on, I, guys, I just, I struggle calling him Caitlin. I realize everything you just said, Bob, is correct. He legally changed his name, but I think, you know, old habits are hard to break, maybe is the way to say that. And I have a hard time calling him Caitlin. And even now, I'm calling him him. But why? Because it's a him. Um, I, that, that, to, to me, he'll always be a him. That's the way God made him. In my eyes, he's still a him. Um, you know, we'll get into whether or not you can support somebody along these lines, politically speaking, as we, as we get through the program. But uh, to your point, and I'm not trying to be rude to anyone along those lines, but when you've known somebody, I guess it would be different if you never knew him in the past and this now came up and his name is Caitlin or her name is Caitlin. I guess guys might be a little bit different for me in that regard, but when there's a history there of calling somebody a particular name and then they change it, I think, I mean, it's it's hard even, I'll use this example, it's hard for me even when you have sons and daughters, or daughters I should say, that get married and calling them their new last name when for all the years you've raised them they had your last name. So those are the sorts of things that I think habit is is what you're trying to overcome in some of these cases, not even necessarily, guys, a, a moral situation, it's just a, a habitual thing as much as anything. Yeah. Uh, what to... Roger, what's your take on this? I mean, I, I get what John is saying, but then, you know, there are a lot of people, most of us are, most people probably aren't old enough to remember this, but Muhammad Ali used to be Cassius Clay, and for the longest mm-hmm. time it was Cassius Clay, and then he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Well, okay, if I were interviewing him, I would refer to him as Muhammad Ali because that's the name he legally changed his name to. Snoop Doggy Dog changed to Snoop Dog, okay? And so it's like, well, okay, he's not Snoop Doggy Dog. I mean, people do this, they do change their names. And so are we really caving in and compromising to political correct wokeness, Roger, if we, uh, if we go ahead and call Bruce Jenner Caitlin? Well, you know, the, it's interesting that you bring up the, the this converse, part of the conversation, Bob, because I was thinking about this, you know, as we were preparing for our conversation here today. There is the Bruce Jenner that we know. There's the Caitlyn Jenner that we're being, you know, introduced to. And then there's the fact, too, that when you've got people who are celebrities, we are having a conversation about someone that none of the four of us have ever met. And I think something would actually change in us when I was watching the Sean Hannity interview. And, you know, here it's Caitlyn Jenner and she and her and all that other stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I don't know how Sean Hannity feels about the whole transgender type of deal. But when he's sitting across the table from this 71-year-old person who used to be the world's greatest athlete and back in the younger days and, and was known as Bruce Jenner, in our family, we still call him Bruce and he. I mean, that's just that's that's who he is, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's that's how we identify that. But if I were to sit across the table and do an interview, you know, legally change the name to Caitlin, as you pointed out, you know, I mean, John Wayne was Marion Morrison. I mean, Calvin Brodus became Snoop Doggy Dog, who became Snoop Dogg. I mean, people do that in the public eye all the time. That probably doesn't seem like too much of a stretch for some people. But I think the question that a lot of us Christians are wrestling with are, are you now somehow, uh, you know... You want to be respectful to the to people, you know, in, in their certain place in in space and time. At the same time, too, you also want to be respectful of our Creator, you know, who created Bruce. And uh, you know, we call him Bruce, but I mean that that's mm-hmm. this is this is a guy who's fearfully, wonderfully made, just like all the rest of us. And the choices that he's made um, now to live this way, um, 
that it puts us really literally with one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. You know, I mean, it's in terms right. of which way you're going to choose. I mean, we, we know what the right way seems to all of us as Christians. But when the rubber meets the road and you're sitting across the table from someone and having a conversation, um, it, it, it can change the conversation pretty dramatically. Yeah. And by the way, kudos for the Calvin Brodus reference. When I was talking about the sweet dog, <laughs> I, I was honestly, I'm sitting there racking my brain as I'm talking to her. Oh, what was his real name? Real name. I couldn't remember. As, as soon as you say Calvin Brodus, I'm like, oh, that's what it was. So pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, that. Neil Q. Boron, what do you what do you think? First of all, is it uh, is it Bruce Jenner or is it Caitlyn Jenner? What, what's the right thing to do? Is that a compromise we should make at least for the perception of respect? And does it need to go all the way to actually using female pronouns? You know, uh, while you guys were talking, had he been alive, I would have called the artist formerly known as Prince to try to get some input on this. Um, <laughs> well, you can't. It's, it's radio podcast. There's no way to do the symbol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're at a loss. That's the end of the podcast. I know. I know. Um, Mime. You know, I um, I have mixed emotions on it, like you guys are describing as well. And it's interesting, Bob, that you brought up that he legally changed his name. That's a fact I didn't know, which maybe helps me clarify further what I'm thinking. But um, but the other fact, I mean, more so than anything, is the scientific fact that he's a male, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what's happened cosmetically and otherwise. You know, I, I like John, I grew up watching Bruce Jenner compete in the Olympics. You know, he was a hero of mine of sorts, uh, the Montreal Olympics, 1976, world's greatest athlete and the whole thing. And and then there's the component of like, is gender dysphoria uh, a mental illness of some sorts? And I, and I kind of think it is. I mean, I'll give you an example. My dad, you know, I've talked about this before, had Alzheimer's disease. And there came a point when he was really agitated for almost a year, you know, feeling like he was missing a lot of work. He needed to get to work. His boss was going to fire him. Well, he hadn't worked in 25 years. He just thought he had. I mean, he'd been retired for a long time. My dad was in his 90s by that point. And so in order to provide him comfort, we just told him that he did work. And, you know, I've joked about it, but I said it was like the only time in my life that I lied and I felt God was happy about it. Like, that it that somehow fit. It was a kind and compassionate kind of thing to do. And so, I don't know. I mean, I, it, this is one of those things where I think we need to all cut each other some slack and just say we need to get before the Lord and seek his heart and find out what we're supposed to do about things like this because um, everything inside of me says this is Bruce Jenner and I don't want to play the game. Okay, legally speaking, if he changed his name to Caitlin, fine. But no matter what, I'm not buying the idea that he's actually a woman He's a man, and I think we need to go after that. And by the way, I'm not a bigot because uh, biology isn't bigotry. Biology right. is science, and, and we live in a world supposedly that says it's all about the science. So bottom line, my answer is uh, I want to call him Bruce Jenner. Uh, I may refer to him during this conversation as Caitlin just because of the conversation, but in my heart, I see him as Bruce Jenner. All right, uh, Neil, hang on just a moment. And everybody, we're going to take a short break and continue uh, coming up next here on the National Crawford Roundtable. Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth for Life on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or listen online at truthforlife.org. 
Please support this important ministry with your donations at the TruthfulLife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884 and be sure to let them know you heard about Truthful Life from the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Continuing this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, with Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, John Rush. Uh, we're talking about Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner, uh, his run for California governor and transgenderism in general. And as Christians, how do we respond to this? So let's let's do this because there are many aspects of this discussion that I do want to get into, guys, about – transgenderism, certainly how we should view this as Christians. What about the medical science part of this? And there's so much of that to discuss and unpack. So I'm going to table that briefly as we talk about the political aspect of this and Jenner running for governor. And then we're going to go back and we're going to dive, do a deep dive into the whole question of transgenderism itself. Uh, what do you guys think about him running for governor? What better place to start than Roger Marsh? Roger, you're in the thick of it there. I know you got <laughs> yeah. your uh, "Run, Caitlin, Run" bumper sticker on the car. So, uh, as I as I joke, but uh, what are your thoughts? It, it really does seem like a just a crazy Twilight Zone Saturday Night Live spoof that's happening in real life. Well, to make this all happen, it takes about $4,000 to file the paperwork. It takes about 65 signatures to get your name on the ballot. So, in other words, it wasn't too difficult for Bruce Caitlin to actually put this together. And there are people, there's a, a, a billboard star. There's a woman who's been posting a billboard and just making personal appearances here for years. Her name's Angeline. She's on the ballot. She's probably 80 years old. You know, she's kind of like a washed up whatever. But for $4,000, what a great publicity you can get. Uh, there's some, I mean, there, there will be hundreds of people who want to sign up, pay the four grand, and then get, you know, interviewed. Hey, did you hear so-and-so's running for governor? The idea that, though, that is really kind of messing with people's heads here in California, because the People's Republic really does claim to be such a liberal state. Remember, 46% of California are registered Democrats, 24% are registered Republicans, 24% are registered as no party preference. So it's not like the state is completely blue, just the big counties, kind of like Georgia. And so when you consider that, uh, you know, probably 40 counties of the 58 here in California are actually very conservative, they just aren't very populous. So it really does put the liberal and progressive agenda on, on notice, because you look at someone like Caitlyn Jenner, it's like, well, Transgender, check. Reality TV star, check. I mean, checks off all the right boxes for saying, hey, this could be our uh, Donald Trump. You know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, all of a sudden, voted for Trump, very conservative, doesn't believe that transgender athletes should be competing against other athletes. I mean, th- th- will probably be easily dismissed. It's going to be an interesting ride, but remember, this is the middle of May. The election probably won't happen until September or October, so there's still a lot of game left to play. There is a slight possibility, one uh, commentator said, if the uh, the chronically uninformed who just, you know, literally, if, if all the Jenner girls went out, if all the Kardashian girls went out, hit all the talk show circuits and said, vote for my dad, I mean, vote for my mom, I mean, I, I don't know, just vote for Caitlyn, mm-hmm. um, they would probably generate enough votes to get the, the deal done. Um, it's not inconceivable, but it's pretty unlikely at this point. You know, it's, it is interesting that for all those eight years of Barack Obama, those of us that criticized Obama, we repeatedly heard from the liberal left, from Hollywood, from everyone else that we're just racist and it's just that we don't want, like a black person being president. That's what we heard repeatedly and this was an anti-black thing, not an anti-Obama policy thing. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, will these very same liberal leftists in Hollywood and in the news media, will they declare that any attacks against 
Braitland Jenner uh, is because these liberals just don't want a transgendered person to be governor. Of course not. This is exposing the dishonesty of their false smears against conservatives during the Obama years that this was all about him being black or all about Hillary being a woman or whatever. Uh, Neil, what's your general thoughts on uh, Caitlin Bruce, Braitland Jenner running for governor of California? Uh, I, I, I don't think it's real. And what I mean is I've never gotten the impression – maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't live in California. Thank God. But um, fortunately, I live in New York. I guess that's the other end of that conversation. Yeah, take that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. But, you know, um, has Caitlin Bruce Jenner uh, had a passion and a desire to be involved in politics in the past? I mean, just – Pull the camera back for a minute. This is somebody that's lived his life, her life with uh, in a, with a sense of celebrity. I mean, not only the best known athlete in the world, at least at one point, but uh, now supposedly, according to a lot of the stuff I was reading just over the last week here, uh, the most popular quote transgendered woman in the world. And you know, the Kardashians are part of the family. You know, his own daughters are pretty famous, and so you've got a celebrity family that thrives on celebrity. So how do you keep yourself in front of the cameras? How do you keep yourself relevant? And so I wonder, is it really about, you know, what's best for the people of California? Is this really about like uh, standing for policies that are going to improve the lives of Californians because, you know, they're going to support constitutional principles and uh, and solid, you know, conservative policy and stuff? I, I don't know. I don't get that impression. I don't. I never really saw Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner in that light before. So I guess I'm I'm not really sure, but I, I do know this that if if he she gets elected, um, there's going to be a lot more that comes with it because I got to believe that there are progressive activists, you know, pr the pro transgender community, the people that are pushing this kind of stuff in in education for you know for children and and just you know pushing this narrative that this is normal, this is right, this is good, this should be celebrated. You're going to get all of that. That comes along with this package, not just uh, uh, you know support for lower taxes and less government. This is going to be the whole kit and caboodle thing. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing pro woman about transgenderism, which is why we see this incredible thing happening mm -hmm. amongst uh, groups like conservative Christian women joining hands with lesbians and feminists in things like the Hands Across the Aisle Coalition that are going, hey, if, if this kind of stuff becomes mainstream, it's going to lead to the f to further abuse and um, of women and, uh, you know, the devaluing of the value of femininity, femininity in our culture. And I just don't think that we should be supportive of that ultimately. Yeah, you do got to wonder where the feminists are in this. They ought to be up in arms and are certainly not. Well, that's part of what we were discussing earlier as well, decimating women's sports and such. But uh, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, just your immediate takeaway about the, the political reality of this. Uh, is this a real deal? I mean, could Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner actually really become governor of of California. Part of me says, okay, come on, this is just too much of a reality TV freak show to be taken seriously. But wait a minute here. Jesse the Body Ventura really was mm -hmm. governor of Minnesota. Right. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Donald Trump became okay, president. Donald yeah. Trump really – I mean let's go back 10 years and right. try to imagine Donald Trump. The, the Simpsons did this as a spoof episode, OK? Mm -hmm. And he actually really was president. OK. Uh, Richard slash Rachel Levine, a man wearing dresses, really is – the number two, 
in the entire Department of Health and Human Services in this country. So reality TV freak show has really become reality in real life, it seems. I, this, to me, is extremely plausible. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything unplausible about him running and being a contender. Now, you know, will you know, will he win? Again, we keep calling him he. Is it he, she, whatever. Mm-hmm. We already went over that. But the reality is, is he a contender? Yes. Will, you know, will she, I'll go to that, will she win? Uh, you know, I think that's going to come down to, and we'll get into some of this, I think, in, the, in maybe the, the latter half of the podcast here is, you know, what kind of policies, uh, you know, does he stand for? You know, what, what's he going to run on? I mean, we, you know, Neil talked a moment ago, his thoughts on, you know, transgender individuals uh, competing in their opposite, quote-unquote, sex sports. You know, if you were a, a male before now competing in a women's sport or a woman competing in a male sport, which typically doesn't happen. It's usually the reverse. But, you know, he's very much against those things. So it'll be interesting to see some of the policies and things that he comes out and, and what it, you know, what is his plan for getting, you know, California back on track. Let's not forget that the reason why and Roger can talk to this. The reason why Newsom is being recalled is because of the way he's handled COVID there. That's really the number one reason why he's being recalled. So I guess you'd have to ask the question to Bruce or to Caitlin, what's your plan moving forward and how are you going to do this differently so that we as a state can get back on track? I mean, I think those are some of the answers that that all of those candidates are going to have to answer because to me, that's what the that's what the public in California wants. That's what the citizenry wants. That's why Newsom is being recalled. Yeah, good point. Another break, and we'll continue this National Crawford Roundtable next. Dr. James Dobson left a successful career in academia to preserve and promote the biblical family in America. The radio broadcasting ministry of Dr. Dobson spans over four decades, earning him 17 honorary doctorate degrees and an induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Dobson continues to champion marriage and parenthood through Family Talk. Listen every weekday at drjamesdobson.org. And be sure to reference the National Crawford Roundtable podcast when asked how you listen to Family Talk. Continuing the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Uh, That's right, Caitlin Bruce Jennerland, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live, Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit, uh, talking about all things transgender, Bruce Jenner, Caitlin Jenner, and such. So... That then brings me, guys, to a question of with with Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner running for governor of California, should what do Christians in California do? I mean, Roger, I want to get your take on this first. You're right there, okay? What is a Christian to do now with with Bruce Caitlyn Jenner? Caitlyn Jenner is Republican, conservative on some areas, although he describes himself as socially progressive. Uh, so obviously he supports LGBT and transgenderism, although not in sports, which is good. So he appears to have a somewhat moderate view of the pro-LGBT side. Uh, but also being socially progressive, I'm going to assume that he's pro-choice on the issue of abortion, pro-abortion. So right there becomes a huge problem obviously for uh, for a lot of Christian conservative voters. But, Roger, you compare him to Gavin Newsom and uh, it's like, well, OK, definitely the lesser of the evils, which then begs the question, can and should Christians in California get behind Caitlyn Jenner focused just on his policies 
and not on his personal life and personal sins in the way that we did with Donald Trump saying it's not about his personal life and his personal sins. It's about his policies. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting dilemma because I think one of the things that Donald Trump did bring to the table when he ran for office and won in 2016 is basically there are no more rules at that point. I mean, it, it kind of it's somewhat amusing to me when the left is constantly clutching their pearls and wringing their hands saying, you know, Donald Trump and character and Christians sold their souls, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the left have been doing that forever. I mean, if it weren't for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. So the idea that here comes, you know, Caitlyn Jenner running for governor, I, I have a feeling that the Christians who supported Donald Trump would look at Caitlyn Jenner and say, okay, what are your policies? You know, qu- quite frankly, I'm not here to uh, cast a vote that's uh, either, you know, condoning your lifestyle or, or an indictment of it. What are your policies? I mean, I, I think we've gotten to the point where there are enough educated voters who would vote that way. Now, it, does it look like, you know, it's an endorsement of uh, transgenderism and that type of stuff? Bob, I would vote against Caitlyn Jenner for the same reasons you just articulated, not because of the, the, the how does it look for Christians? Quite frankly, if this person comes out and says, I'm pro-LGBTQ, I'm pro-abortion, you know, maybe I'm kind of fiscally conservative and I was a Trump supporter, but at the same time, these are the things that, you know, I'm all about. I think most conservatives should be able to look at the, you know, the checks and balances and, and take a look and, and see what the, the issue would be. Now, it is interesting, though, because this is just the state of the world we're living in right now, guys. We have a 71-year-old man who became a woman, or at least wants to identify as a woman, was one of the greatest male athletes of our generation, has switched teams, as it were, and people are actually considering electing this guy as governor of the most populous state in the United States. I mean, just... I'm just sitting in that for a moment going, wow, could could we, in our high school years, could our college years, could we ever imagine being faced mm-hmm. with such a, a clown car uh, mentality that we have right now? It's just, it is it is surreal. I, I think it's to the point where people are going to say what they're going to say. If you're a Christian, you know, we're always going to be under the microscope. Make the best decision you possibly can. I honestly don't think Caitlyn Jenner's candidacy is going to last into the full election, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, well, and you might be right, but at some point, Christians have to Christians in California are going to have to decide does the transgender issue does that become a deal killer for me because even if the policies were right if the policies were not a deal killer policies were acceptable does transgenderism become a deal killer uh, I'm going to be honest with you Roger for me personally it would be a deal killer uh, but I don't think that that's inconsistent as it relates to uh, Donald Trump because you know Donald Trump's sleazy stuff that he did that was stuff for the most part that was in the past and that wasn't dealing with the present. I think if Donald Trump in present day were having hookers in the Oval Office and stuff like that, uh, his evangelical Christian support would dry up. The bottom mm-hmm. line, this was Good part point. of his past whereas Bruce Jenner is today in present day promoting and encouraging transgenderism. And then add to that, we got so many of our children that are being confused with gender confusion. This is being introduced to them by Christians supporting uh, Caitlyn Jenner. To me, this is perpetuating and giving credibility to that whole notion that there's nothing really that wrong or dangerous about this gender fluid, gender confusion issue. And I feel like the damage that could be done by by validating and giving credibility to that and tacit approval, if you will, among Christians could be more devastating even than the better policies of Gavin Newsom's. And so for me, those two reasons say this would in fact be a deal killer for me. Look, if I had an atheist or a Satan worshiper or a KKK member 
who was right on all the policies. I would say, yeah, but those that other issue is a deal killer for me. And promoting transgenderism ends up being the same way for me. But I want to know what uh, what uh, John and Neil think about that. We'll talk about that on the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable. Folks, you can listen to the second half online at crawfordmediagroup.net. Or, of course, you can subscribe to Apple Podcast. We'd love a nice review from you. Or Stitcher, tune in, or wherever you listen to your podcast. The second half coming up online next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, of the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, John Rush of Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, Roger Caitlin Marsh out of the bottom line from the People's Republic <laughs> of California. We're talking about Caitlin Jenner running for governor. Uh, John, what's your take on this? You don't live in California. Roger's got to deal with this. We don't, but it's coming in the future. And there are we have Christians that are listening to us in California right now, and they're saying, if it were not for the transgenderism issue, I could maybe see myself voting for Caitlyn Jenner because of his policies. But should the transgenderism issue be a deal killer, or is that something that we should – push to the side, and just go on policies. What do you think? I would just go on policies, and I'll use Colorado as an example. Let's right. say that in our state, which we've tried to recall our governor, we've been unsuccessful at doing so, but we have one of the uh, few openly gay governors in the, you know, in the United States of America, Governor Polis. So you know, Governor Polis is openly gay. Um, you know, he's marrying his, his partner, um, you know, so on and so forth. So if a transgender individual in Colorado on the conservative side had all the right policies and was running against Governor Polis, would I vote for the transgender person over Governor Polis, knowing all of the things that he's done to the state, where we're at through COVID, what he's done to small business, what he's done when it comes to the budget, how he's handling social issues. I mean, on and on and on we go, guys. The reality is if the transgender person coming in had better policies and would get us as a state back on track, would I vote for the transgender person? all day long over the current homosexual governor we have now. That's not just because our governor is homosexual. Please, nobody out there listening say that, you know, I'm against every homosexual. No, I'm policy-wise is what we're asking here. If the transgender person in Colorado running against Polis had better policy, would I vote for them over the alternative being Polis homosexual? Of course I would, guys. That's an easy answer for me. Okay, now, John, let me ask you, though. What about... What about the damage that is being done to so many people uh, with gender confusion? You could say the same thing for Governor Polis on the homosexual side, though, Bob. So where's the difference? I, I you know what, and I get that. I, I get that, and that's why I'm trying to figure out where is there any issue that will hold more weight than just the policies themselves? You know, what if what if the the candidate running instead of being homosexual or transgender, what if the candidate running was a Satan worshiper or a KKK member? I mean, does there come a point where we say this? This current issue about this person propagates and gives credibility to something that is so dangerous and so insidious that I just cannot validate that. Well, can I jump in here for just a second? Sure, I mean, we've, been, we, we've been electing philandering politicians forever. I and mean, guys who've been destroying their marriages, people have had drug problems, this, that, and the other thing. It's, it, now it almost seems like we're getting to the point where, where we, the people, are being asked to rate the sin. 
you know, and see which one is worse. I mean, John, mm-hmm. I, I don't envy the situation that you have at all in Colorado, because if it were Caitlyn Jenner against you know, Governor Polis, then, you know, what are you supposed to do? But I think it, it underscores the fact that, you know, we, we're, I, I love where this conversation is going in the sense that we can talk about it ideologically, we can talk about it, you know, theologically, but at the same time, the reality is these are the choices that we're being given, and we're going to have more of these choices that, that we're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, ideologically, we'd say, by all means, do you want to promote transgenderism? No, we shouldn't. That should wipe, you know, the Caitlyn Jenner uh, thing off the off the table completely. We just wouldn't even want to do that. But we're going to come, there's going to come a point, you know, where maybe Colorado Polis stays in office and transgender, you know, Caitlin's sister, brother, or whatever shows up in Colorado to run. Right. And now John right. has to make that choice. And mm-hmm. so you really, it's, then do we not vote? You know, well, then wait a minute. You know, I believe it's Christians. Yeah, you, you, you have to take that. You have to make a decision. But understanding, of course, I think what one of the things that this is kind of helping us in the body of Christ do is divorce ourselves from the idea that we can't elect the right, I mean, right politicians. There are horrible choices, and they're only going to get worse. I mean, so I think this is probably kind of a, a test run for a lot of us to say, look, Okay, for people who thought Donald Trump was so repulsive, well, guess what we've got in California now, and guess what's right. going to show up in other places? It's it's this is just the tip of the iceberg. Is there a point though? Yeah, but is there a point though, Roger, where that where that goes too far? I mean, because look, I know what you're saying about rating sin. We don't want to be suddenly ranking sin, and you're right. We elect philanderers and such, but for the most part, that is that those kinds of sins are usually off the radar screen and not front and center. Uh, but if you did have a politician who was right on the policies, but he, he, he flaunted openly his philandering, so he would do press conferences with a hooker on each arm, then we would say, okay, now that's something that's being promoted and celebrated, and that causes me more of a problem than this guy in his private life philandering. Same thing with alcoholism. If he was showing up drunk, staggering at the podium, smiling with a bottle of Jack Daniels, as he swigged it and did his press conferences, then it'd be like, okay, this is promoting and encouraging something. This is way too strong of a message for our kids. And I guess I see the gender confusion issue as such an insidiously dangerous issue that right now is messing with so many kids' minds in this country. I'm concerned about the damage that can be done by taking something like that that's put front and center and saying this is now being encouraged and, but, but and you, promoted. But you have to still, Bob, look at the other side of the equation and what's now going on in, in the case of Gavin Newsom in California. What does he stand for? What is he promoting? What is he doing that, that's harming our children? And on down the line we go. Now, I wanted to add something else, too, a moment ago because I agree with Neil. I firmly believe, and I've said this for years, I've interviewed individuals that agree with me that transgenderism is a mental illness. I firmly believe that. I also believe being a liberal is a mental illness. And I'll stand on that one as well, guys, because when you look at the rationale behind both of those, sane, normal individuals that think through processes correctly aren't liberals. I'm just being honest. You can't, because you can't look at the policies that they have and agree with them if you're a sane individual. So you know, are we picking the lesser of two insane individuals in the case of a you know Caitlyn Jenner and a Gavin Newsom? I can't answer that. Others will have to. You know, The Rogers of the world that have to vote will have to. All I'm saying is if I had to vote for, if those are the only two choices, I was a California resident and I had to either vote for Gavin Newsom or Jenner, I'd vote for Jenner. All right. Uh, Neil Boron, what do you think, Neil? And does there ever come a point 
where we say I can't vote for either one. I mean we, we tend to do the lesser of the evils. Actually, everybody we vote for to a certain extent is going to be the lesser of the two evils. We know that because unless Jesus comes back right now and runs for office, uh, we know we're going to be voting for a flawed person. But does there ever come a point, Neil, where we say even the Republican candidate whose policies are closer – uh, there's certain things, whether, is, is, as I said, is a member of the KKK or is a Satan worshiper or an atheist or does there come something where we say this non-policy issue about who this person is personally is enough of a deal killer. I have to just throw away my vote and not vote at all. I mean does there come a point like that? Yeah, of course. And on that day, God will clearly show us what his plan and purpose and intention is in leading us to that kind of a decision because I don't think that these decisions are supposed to be made in isolation where we just sit down and look at the facts and try to make up our own idea about what's going to be best for our state or for our nation. I mean, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end thereof is the way of death. Um, I don't want to over-spiritualize this because it's not a Pollyanna Christian statement, but John would know what I mean when I say that there are legalists out there that really just want us to take a black and white or white position. One way or the other, mm-hmm. say what's right and wrong. And I think that the Christianity is a whole lot messier than that. I think that there are times when we have to weigh options and get before the Lord and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And I think that there are some Christians that are going to vote for Caitlyn Jenner because I can't imagine, uh, you know, additional time in office for Gavin Newsom based upon what's happened there. But there are others that because of his lifestyle and beliefs and so forth that can't vote for Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know, honestly, if there's an opportunity for people to become third-party candidates or write-in balloting. There's that option. There's total abstinence. Um, I think that I I don't want to understand underestimate the importance of prayer and fasting, literally, because this isn't really just about voting. Um, it's it's about what God is saying to his people and what he's saying to the church. Um, California is not a great place to live, according to everything we've heard from Roger over the, over the two years we've been doing this podcast. And God bless the people of California who have to live under Gavin Newsom right now. But the truth is that the churches are meeting and people are fellowshipping together and the gospel is being shared in California. And we can pray for revival and we can pray for God to do something big. I also want to point out real quick that literally, I mean, and I'm not trying to, again, be Mr. Super Christian here. That's not my intent, but let's think about this for a minute. Every non-believer we've ever voted for, no matter how conservative they are politically or what policies they represent, every non-believer we voted for, scripturally speaking, is an enemy of God. So mm-hmm. we've actually voted for enemies of God to, to assume office. Does that mean we shouldn't vote, shouldn't participate in politics? No, I don't think so. In fact, we're supposed to pray for those that are in authority. And here in America, we don't have any other choice. We, the people, are the government. So we're the ones who are going to be held accountable for what turns out. So I think that we definitely need to be getting into God's face. But let's let's just not forget that just because somebody says all the right things politically, they may spend eternity separated from, from God. And ultimately, that's... That's what really matters. And as believers, we should care about that. And that ought to come into our thinking, even as we consider some of these policy debates. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so guys, let's, let's talk then about transgenderism in general. We, we brushed on this a little bit earlier, but let's move off of the, the political aspect of this more, uh, and to transgenderism and, and how we view this. Uh, first, with some of the the pro-transgender policies we're seeing, I guess it's a little bit of a political part of this, but uh, it is troubling to me and it seems like it should be troubling to feminists, liberals, progressive, women's groups and such. The concept of things like the Equality Act, for example, I don't think people realize 
just the impact that something like this, if it becomes law, would have in this country to change the 1964 Civil Rights Act to now include not only sexual orientation but but gender identity uh, to this. Not only does it decimate women's sports because now you have – Let's face it. You, you have women who will be removed from the record books, removed from the history books and, and replaced by a man. You have this New Zealand weightlifter who's a man that is now able to compete in weightlifting in the Tokyo Olympics this year uh, against women weightlifters. Uh, so you have a decimation of women's sports. But I would also argue you have a potential decimation here of – parental rights because we're seeing these cases like out of Canada where fathers are being told by courts, you're not allowed to veto your child's decision to want to get hormone and pu- puberty blockers and things like that to start the transitioning from girl to boy or vice versa. Uh, and I think if the Equality Act becomes a law, we're going to have a case here in America where, quite frankly, parents tell their child, uh, no, you cannot transition, and then the guidance counselor at school ends up calling social services and parents potentially lose their child uh, because it's child abuse to deny the gender identity of your child. These are I know this sounds really like it's hyperbole, but I don't think it is, and I'd kind of like to go around the – the table in just a minute. We're going to take a short break and get some of your thoughts about where things like the Equality Act and transgenderism ultimately leads in society and life. More on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast next. Learn how to walk the narrow path with Steve Gregg. With over 40 years of studying the Bible, Steve Gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life. Listen to The Narrow Path on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or online at thenarrowpath.com. The Narrow Path is 100% listener supported. Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support and let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Continuing the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with myself, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, John Rush, talking about transgenderism right now and uh, so what do you guys – Roger, let me get your take on this. Your thoughts on on if things like the Equality Act really do become law. Uh, it, yeah, as I said before, it not only decimates women's sports, but I think this bleeds into Christian churches, certainly Christian ministries, obviously Christian-owned businesses. Uh, but I think this is going to have a devastating effect on parental rights and how liberal judges are liable to rule against parents – who tr- who tell their child, uh, no, you're 13, you're 12, you are not going through puberty-blocking gender transition. Yeah, it is a, an interesting dilemma because when you consider how many of the people on the progressive side of the equation are in the, quote-unquote, the science is settled camp with regard to right. the climate and the environment, and then everything that we're talking about here is based... It, it, almost exclusively on feelings and personal preferences. And not only feelings and personal preferences, but these are feelings and personal preferences of children. Guys, remember how right-thinking and clear-minded we were when we were 10, 12, 14 years of age? I mean, yeah. I mean it's a good... Yeah, right. I mean, for crying out loud, if we had gotten everything we prayed for, you know, back in the day, right. um, and I don't even want to finish that sentence, but regardless, it's such an emotionally tumultuous time 
to begin with anyway. And the fact that the left, which is constantly telling us, you know, well, you can't argue COVID and the vaccine effectiveness because et cetera, et cetera, are then saying, yeah, but my four-year-old son who likes to play with Barbie dolls thinks he's a girl. And you know, by golly, I, I you know, he probably is. So let's start calling she him her. Is, and make, right. Yeah, she is, exactly. Let's go ahead and do that because the way kids feel. I remember one time one of my granddaughters came into the room and she was bouncing up and down and swinging her arms around. I said, Riley, what are you doing? She said, I'm a monkey. And I thought, oh, great. Now we have a trans-species child. Well, mm-hmm. she was seven and she was playing, right? <laughs> right. But, you know, that she was having some fun. Uh, if you asked her that now, she'd say, no, come on, Grandpa, please. I mean, but but I, I, I understand where, where these people are coming from. If the Equality Act passes, it will be devastating, not only just for the making it more difficult for the church, but the church has survived difficult times before. It'll be devastating for society. I mean, when you, you think about the w- women who fought so hard for women's rights and equality mm-hmm. and, and, and moving forward in the, in the culture, and then to have all of that basically thrown away, when you think of the young girls who filed suit in Connecticut, um, because they're literally, they, as you mentioned, Bob, they were having their names erased from record books. One year they were state champions, and the next year they couldn't even qualify for the state meet because the transgender athletes were coming in there and two guys i think got 15 state records between the two of them in the girls division where they couldn't even letter in the boys division so it it, it, it it's it, it's a challenging time for the church there's no question about it and i think scripturally we have to stick to our guns and say look if god is the creator of life if god creates us male and female then when we see what's happening with transgenderism um, you, you don't really have a lot of biblical support for it, though I know there are a lot of Christian uh, thinkers and pastors right now who are trying to find a way to engage in conversation and try to you know, bring uh, Scripture to light in this, in light of the fact that so many people are experiencing it. But um, I don't see how you reconcile it, quite frankly. John, well, what, what, and real quick, I want, yeah, I want to throw some other things in with all of you guys and get your opinions on something. And, and again, this comes down to you know, any type of a, a candidate that runs for office, there's lots of questions that get asked from all sorts of individuals, you know, us on the right, the Christian right, the non-Christian right, the left, and so on. And I guess some of the things I would have to ask, you know, Caitlin would be some of the things that you guys are talking about. You know, where does he stand when it comes to the Equality Act? I mean, he's already expressed his uh, thoughts when it comes to transgenders competing in sports and, you know, in the opposite sex sports. And, you know, I guess what I'm, where I'm going with this is could he or she actually be a help in some of this if elected, depending upon what their stance? In other words, if they are against the Equality Act and, and they are against, you know, people competing in the opposite sex sports and they're against some of the things, Bob, you've even been talking about with child abuse and so on, and yet they are one, what better spokesperson to go against those things than someone like him? That's not a horrible point, John. I mean, it really isn't the the the, the Ellen DeGeneres, or not Ellen DeGeneres, the uh, uh, Martina Navratilova's, the uh, Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner's. Uh, these kind of voices of moderation may be opposed to at least transgenders competing in women's sports. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Actually, yeah, and, has- and by the way, where, and where does he stand when it comes to children? Transitioning. I mean, is he an individual that thinks, no, we, we're not going to allow children to do that. They're not young. You know, I, I've been through this. I realize all of the mental things that went into making this decision, and there's no way a child could make those decisions. If that is, in fact, his stance, no, well, isn't that better on our side? I mean, that is a fair point. Uh, Neil, I, I got to tell you, though, I, I can really see 
uh, parents being accused of child abuse if they mm-hmm. don't affirm their child's gender confusion, and that gender confusion is being fed by people at school, certainly, and teachers and counselors and Hollywood and media, and you know, I hate to say it, but transgenders put in uh, really big spotlights as well, which is again one of my concerns sure. about promoting Caitlyn Jenner. First time I ever had any encounter with anything like this, I was a college football player. And uh, we were doing winter workouts at the Case Athletic Center at Boston University. I remember uh, walking towards uh, the gymnasium where we were going to work out during the wintertime. And, um, and I passed Dr. Renee Richards, the uh, transgender, oh, sure. whatever, uh, tennis player. And I'm, I'm telling you, that individual could have played tight end for our football team. It was unbelievable. But, you know, he, she was competing as a, a woman in sports. It was an amazing thing to see. That's the first time I started thinking about all this. But, yeah, I mean, uh, our, all of our cultural values are already under attack. And, and obviously, as parents, we're going to be uh, the enemy in all of this if we're not affirming these lies, this non-scientific nonsense about you know gender to our kids. And I think we need to be aware of that. But let me say this, too. At the same time, I don't want to come off in any way as sounding like like we shouldn't have compassion towards people that are struggling with gender dysphoria, because I do believe it's a mental illness. I mean, my wife and I are good friends with somebody who's dealing with psychosis right now, and we pray for that individual, and we reach out, and we have compassion. So should Christians be, you know, shunning people that are dealing with gender dysphoria? No. Uh, on the other hand, should we be embracing everything that they're saying is right and real? No, I don't think so. I think we need to stand on the truth of God's word. And by the way, I think we're on solid footing. You know, the thing, I, let me, I want to read something from the American College of Pediatricians real quick, right. and at the same time say, I don't understand. I don't understand where groups that push these kinds of ideas ultimately get their power, sometimes even individuals, where they get their power. The reason I say that, let's just say that 80% of women believe in biblical femininity in the sense that women are women and that's all there is to it, that, that Caitlyn Jenner is not truly a woman. Let's just say it's 80%. So you got automatically, you know, f- uh, I'm sorry, 40, let's just say it's uh, of 80% of women would be 40% of the American population if you assume that you know half are males and half are females. So you already got 40% of the U.S. population on your side there. And then I got to believe there's at least you know half of the males in the country would feel the same way. That's 65% of the country. And I bet it's higher. I bet it's 80% at least. We'd have no problem convincing that, that this stuff is nonsense and, and we need to stand against it. So the question is, why aren't we yet? Why aren't we organized enough to, to shoot this down? The American College of Pediatricians said human sexuality is an objective biological binary trait. XY and XX are genetic markers of male and female, respectively, not genetic markers of a disorder. The, the norm for human design is to be conceived either male or female. Human sexuality is binary by design with the obvious purpose being the reproduction and flourishing of our species. This principle is self-evident. Further, they went on to say, no one is born with an awareness of themselves as male or female. This awareness develops over time, like all developmental processes, and it may be derailed by a child's subjective perceptions, relationships, and adverse experiences from infancy forward. People who identify as feeling like the opposite sex or somewhere in between do not comprise a third sex. They remain biological men or biological women. I mean, you've got major organizations like that. You've got the science on our side. Truth is on the side of the word of God, that God created us male or female. 
And I think we ought to confidently rest on that truth, love people that are dealing with this kind of thing, but but refuse to bend on the issues, to to become complicit with this ideology that this is where America and the rest of us need to be headed. Right, so true. Uh, we'll take another short break and we'll continue this discussion on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast next. Dr. Michael Youssef leads the way for people living in spiritual darkness to discover the light of Jesus Christ. This tremendous outreach begins with the proclamation of God's Word through the uncompromising biblical teaching of Dr. Michael Yusuf. Leading the Way is here to equip and strengthen the church to stand strong and to advance the gospel in today's ever-changing world. Listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf at ltw.org slash listen and be sure to mention you heard about their program on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Continuing the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, John Rush, myself, Bob Duco, talking about transgenderism in light of Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner running for governor of California. And so, John and Roger, I'd love to get you guys' take on this. John, let me go to you. Just the idea of transgenderism in general, Neil's absolutely right. We don't want to show hatred or anything like that, but we also need to speak truth. And we've got to acknowledge some basic realities, okay? I'm six feet tall, but if I identify as six foot six, the tape measure proves me wrong. Right. Uh, our, we can we can have a weight identity, but the scale ultimately decides what is the truth. I can identify as an African American, but I'm kidding myself. I'm Caucasian. I can think I have singing ability, but uh, the truth <laughs> is, if I don't, okay. Right. Simon Cowell is basically the. You can have an IQ identity, but it doesn't actually change your IQ. You can't be a member of Mensa. If you're not – and the last thing we would ever say to an anorexic person who identifies as a fat person is, well, then you are fat and go on a diet. Right. So, But for some right. reason, we've bought into this thing that if you think and feel that you're a different gender than you really are, then that is actually who you are and we're going to affirm that. I wouldn't call a, a, a child, a boy, thinking that they're a girl, she, any more than I would call an anorexic person chubby. Uh, that's just nope. not right. Agree. It's not true. I agree. But, uh, I agree. What no, I just no, you're, said you're, was considered you're hate right. speech. No, I don't consider it hate speech. It's called the truth. It's called facts and something that we need to get back to as a society. And by the way, when you say we, you're meaning all of those that believe that, not – us, right, because I would never say that. I mean, I, I'm just going to call it like it is, and I, I've already said it, and I will continue to stand on this. I believe these particular individuals have real mental needs that need that need met. And to your point, Bob, you wouldn't tell somebody that was mentally ill right. a, a non-truth. I mean, we want to help these people get better. To Neil's point, we want to save their soul. I mean, there's lots of things going on here that we want to reach out, and we by no means want to stomp all over them and, and, and push them away and shun them. But the same token, you know, no more than we would any other mentally ill individual. But I will mm -hmm. stand on what I'm saying, mainly because I've interviewed enough individuals that have been through these processes or been around enough of these individuals that, clinically speaking, can say there are mental issues going on there that need to be dealt with. And, and that's where we, I think, as Christians need to be reaching out, not, not in a mean-spirited way, but in a very kind, loving way, saying, listen, let's get to the root problem of what's going on here. Uh, and, you know, what, what's the real cause of, of your pain and suffering and why you want to change gender? Because let's face it, that's the reason they're doing it. They're not doing it because they feel like they need to be the opposite sex. They're doing it because of a deep-seated need that's not being met somewhere in their life. That's my belief. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Let me Rob, add one thing, yeah, too, ahead, just Neil. real quick. Um, I think it's a pro-life issue, too, for this reason. Uh, a number of studies have indicated that the suicide rates among people who've had gender right. reassignment surgery right. skyrocket. And if Thanks, we care Neil. about people, yes. we need to love them enough to say that what you're thinking about and what you're planning to do is dangerous and it could cost you your life. That's a yes, very good well point. said, Neil. Uh, Roger, your, your take on this. And by the way, if, if we agree that this is something that people certainly need prayer, they need counseling, it is a mental health issue, and I think we all agree on that. Uh, wow, that's considered such hate speech in today's culture and society, but don't we need to speak the truth? Yes, we need to speak the truth, and I, I will say this before we go any further. I, when I'm on the tennis court, I identify as a 150-pound man. And uh, my heels and my knees when hips would tell yeah. you that I'm off by about 100 pounds. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. But, but, but seriously, I think the key, is, this is the part of First Peter 3.15 that oftentimes I think, in our lifetimes anyway, the church has missed. And that is, you know, the first part of the verse is always be prepared to give an answer for anyone who asks you for your faith. So first and foremost, we don't attack people with our faith, but rather when we live our lives and then people ask why you like this, then, you know, and, and oftentimes they don't ask, please tell me why you're so joyful and happy. <laughs> like, yeah, are you Christians? are all bigoted. Well, there's the opening of the door. But there are two words that are at the end of that verse that I think kind of can help us in this dialogue as well, too, and that's we're always to give an answer with gentleness and respect. The Amen. idea that we look at people as, as saying, look, you are created in the image of God just like I'm created in the image of God, and you're wrestling with stuff, and I'm wrestling with, These are all temptations that all of us could conceivably wrestle with. And I think oftentimes where the church gets a black eye or tries to give Jesus a black eye is the fact that we'll come after this with this dogmatic, well, this is wrong, and this is right, and I'm right, and you're wrong, and da 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 And I'm not saying that we have to cave or condone everything, uh, but rather to, to approach it in, in the way that we're doing this here. I think if someone were to listen to our conversation and go back over the past hour and hear the issues that have been raised and the way we've presented them, you know, biblically and lovingly and caringly, but unflinchingly, I mean, we're not backing away from the truth. Uh, to do so in such a fashion as this way, I, th- I think it makes it easier to have the conversation. So a Caitlyn Jenner conversation, for example, doesn't just have to be, well, she's crazy and he's a nut job and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the other thing, well, what do you expect from California? But rather to ask the questions based on policy and what kind of example does this set and why do you think people would want to vote for her? Why would a Christian, why would a Christian not? You know, that those types of things. But if, I think if we can keep those two attributes in the forefront, then this is a golden opportunity. The transgender conversation, the Caitlin for governor conversation, uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to maybe initiate some kind of revival in a state that desperately needs it. Sure. Uh, we do want to, in our last uh, couple of minutes here as we kind of wind it down, let's look at this through a biblical lens because there are some people that say that the Bible doesn't really address transgenderism and if, if a man wants to wear women's clothing or, or identify as a woman or vice versa, then that's not really a biblical issue. And, and I – respectfully, it seems to me that it is. While it is true that gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder and such isn't addressed in scripture – we do see, uh, Neil, in Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Uh, it, we, we see in 1 Corinthians 6.9, with a list of sins, homosexuality is among them. Of course, the Greek word for that, arsenokoitai, which means men sleeping with men or effeminate men and such. And then even when Paul was talking to the Corinthians, 
Neil, about uh, a woman and her head covering. And, and so I know the context of this was spiritual submission, submission to men. But uh, the example that he used was, does not the very nature of things uh, teach you that if a man has long hair, it's a disgrace to him, but if a woman has long hair, it's her glory? So by referencing that, the very nature of this, it seems to me, Neil, that we do see in Scripture that as a general principle, men are to carry themselves as men and women are to carry themselves as women. And so I think it's safe to say that as Christians, a biblical perspective on this would be that transgenderism, cross-dressing or anything along those lines would be an affront to God. Yeah, and I don't want to blow this can of worms open here, but I need to say that I I think you're 100% right, Bob, but at the same time, a lot of what we're talking about here applies to every single one of us. The reason being, I mean, Romans 1 is another place where, uh, you know, homosexuality comes up. But it, it, there's a long list of stuff going on in Romans 1 that if you really carefully look at it, probably every one of us have been guilty, guilty of some of those things, at least at some point in our life. And First Corinthians 6, same thing. But to me, the message isn't just that some people are guilty. It's ultimately we're all guilty but the joy and the hope that comes out of that is the rest of 1 Corinthians 6. It's, you know, where Paul is saying, such were some of you. So, you know, while yeah. this conversation has largely been about transgenderism and transvestitism and whatever else we want to call it, um, we're, we serve a God of transformation, the one who, you know, gives us a brand new heart and renews our mind and helps us to see things his way because all sin, including this sin that we're talking about, uh, homosexuality and whatever else, um, adultery and idolatry and gluttony and whatever else you want to add in there, all of sin is uh, is an affront to God. It's it's rebellion against him. It's rebellion against his created order, his plan, his purpose. And when we get our hearts and minds in, in line with uh, who God really is and why he gave his life for us, we can be delivered from that stuff. We can be transformed into the image of his son. And I just I take refuge in that reality, and I want to share that reality with as many people as will listen. Absolutely. And uh, Neil, I mean, great pastoral perspective. And, and Roger, as a, as a pastor yourself, your thoughts on this. We don't want to go to one extreme, which is where we, we, we somehow start making excuses for transgenderism and say, or homosexuality and say, well, that's who they are. It's not really a sin. Well, no, Scripture makes clear it's a sin. We don't go, want to go to the other extreme where we're suddenly selectively judgmental and we forget the fact that, wait a second, we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, then those are the two gutters, aren't they? I mean, we can go so far in one direction or the other instead of saying, look, I mean, this is this is a fluid, ongoing conversation about something that's coming to the surface in our culture, and it doesn't mean that we diminish any part of the sin, but uh, to echo what Neil said, you know, some... The the point being, friend of God versus enemy of God, in the friend of God category, then we get to say that stuff it was in the past. I mean, in terms of the were, we have repentance, we have forgiveness of the sin, we have everything that we need to stand before God uh, wholly justified. And that's that's the testimony. That's what's going to draw people to us and to ask, well, how come you, know, you were that way and now you're not? And it gives us the opportunity. So I think that... Uh, as crazy as the era that we're living in right now where people are kind of not only defining who they are trying to play god on their own and then say when well, you have to affirm this and other people are just saying okay well i, I don't i don't want to be hateful i don't want to be <laughs> spiteful we can stand on the solid footing of the truth of the moral absolutes that god has written into the hearts of every pe- person and at the same time lovingly point out and correct and come alongside the same way we'd correct our kids or friends or people that we actually know so more opportunities for us to share the love of christ just in ways that i don't think any of the four of us ever could have imagined we'd be called to do john maybe one final thought as we wind it down 
Yeah, you know, I don't have much else to say. I mean, I think you guys have covered it very, very well. I, we've really lined this out, I think. Um, and again, there's no consistent answer here, and I think this is one of those things that each individual, if, in fact, you know, they've got to run, you know, they, they have to vote for Caitlin in a primary or even eventually in the, in the general election against Gavin Newsom, it's something they're going to have to, uh, you know, sit down, pray, as Neil said, and, and determine for themselves what they need to do and not just take what everybody else is doing but do it on their own. On the same token, everything you guys have said when it comes to how do we treat these individuals, how do we handle things that way, how do we show them the love of Christ and, and really, you know, the, n not just the error of their ways but a life in Christ so that they can live life to the fullest because that's ultimately what they're looking for and haven't found yet. So so many things here, guys, to continue to talk about. That's what we do on a weekly basis. And those of you listening, continue to join us. And we always appreciate you folks listening. It's the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. You can listen to us uh, by going to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. By the way, we'd love it if you'd give us a nice big fat five-star review. Uh, or Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself, Bob Duco. Gentlemen, always great catching up with you. Great conversation. Thanks so much. You too, Bob. Bye-bye. Thank you. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. This has been the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Download and subscribe to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Apple users can rate the podcast, and we'd appreciate your five-star rating. National Crawford Roundtable Podcast returns with a new discussion each week. Be sure to watch for the notification on your podcast app. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.